say c'est bon. Welcome to Paris Good Food and Wine. I'm your host, Paige Donner. For the next half hour, I'll be presenting to you news, happenings, and personalities from Paris's extraordinary culinary world. So sit back and get ready to enjoy a full half hour of Paris Good Food and Wine. Like those French people do. Because it's all so good. This episode is dedicated to Paris, especially to the families, loved ones, and friends of the innocent lives that were taken and injured in the November 13th attacks here. It's impossible to imagine the pain they are in and the grief they will have to overcome to pick up the pieces of shattered lives. city. There isn't a one of us who wasn't affected directly or indirectly, whether that means we lost a friend, colleague, relative, or loved one, or know someone who did. The world is also a small place, and we must all ask ourselves, any of us who is a mother, a son, a brother, sister, father, or daughter, where will this end? What will it take to live in a world where this kind of violence does not exist. On France's declared day of remembrance, I went out to the site of Le Petit Cambodge and Le Carillon to pay my respects to my fellow Parisians. Our show this month begins with that segment. Courageously, for if the French are anything, they are courageous, as are their allies around the world. The COP21 talks about climate change and environmental resolutions are still being held here just outside the city. To respect that global initiative, Paris Good Food and Wine 
is running an interview I did last year with the cellar master, Gilles Decote, of the esteemed champagne house, Bollinger. In this interview, he discusses the certification of Haute Valeur Environnementale, which is an agricultural certification that imposes best practices in regards to the environment, and in this case, viticulture. So please join us for another episode of Season 2 of Paris, Good Food and Wine. Hello, can you hear me? A week after the November Friday the 13th attacks on Paris, France announced a day of remembrance for the victims of the attacks. Parisians came out in large numbers both Friday night and Saturday to pay their respects to those killed and injured at the sites of the attacks near Place de la République here in Paris. I took a city bus over to the Canal Saint-Martin area today and then walked the few extra blocks over one of the Canal Saint-Martin bridges to the Petit Cambodge and Le Carillon Bistro, which are right across from each other. They were both targeted in the November 13th attacks last Friday. I had prepared myself for the shock, but once I got there, I was completely overcome by grief and sadness. Pictures don't capture the vibrations of fear and agony resounding there. The resolute tragedy of so many victims innocent victims' lives having been taken from one moment to the next. I decided to record my feelings and thoughts there at the site in front of Le Petit Cambodge. Hello, can you hear me? I um I decided to come over to the the Rue Alibert and Rue Bichat, the exact corner where um, Le Petit Cambodge and Le Carillon Bistro are, and it's such a sad, sad sight. I can honestly, I can barely even uh, record this because I'm just choking up so much. It's just the feeling here is just it's just absolutely overwhelmingly tragic. There are, there are so many, there are hundreds of bouquets of flowers, and there are people here giving homage, and there are handwritten signs. Some people have brought their children, which is a courageous thing for the children to do. It's just, I've never seen anything like this in Paris, and I'm familiar with this area too because I uh, I cat sat for a for a woman two summers ago, and in fact there's a a Fran Prix, which is a little grocery store chain here in, in France, and it's right next door to Le Petit Cambodge, and I, I used to go there and buy strawberries and and lettuce and things, so it's a it's a it's a familiar neighborhood, and it's an area that um, that was a that's a family neighborhood. That's a a vibrant neighborhood and a very uh, ethnically mixed neighborhood. Um, I'm going to see if maybe somebody will uh, actually record 
some comments here too um you know just to see other people's thoughts and feelings but it's it's overwhelmingly it's overwhelmingly sad this just the pictures don't translate at all the feeling here only one person agreed to speak to me on tape the rest were just too overwhelmed with the horror and tragedy of what was there in front of their eyes the remnants of this disaster the remnants of what were so recently vibrant human lives to feel able to speak into the microphone hello can you hear me There's a, a young woman who's, who lives in the quarter and she's uh, come to pay homage to and uh, she was going to say just one or two words. Uh, I don't think my English uh, is so good to express what I feel. So that's all. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, think, I don't think there are words to express. My sentence there was clipped. The last word I had said was, I don't think there are words to express the sadness of this tragedy. I've forgotten how it felt before the world fell at our feet. There's such a difference between us and a million It started to drizzle right then, so I packed up my recording gear quickly and took shelter in the cafe restaurant just a block away called The American Kitchen. I didn't seek it out because of its name. It just happened to be the place where I thought there would be a restroom and where I could get an espresso. As it so happens, one of the guys who works there agreed to speak to me. He lives in the neighborhood, as does his brother and his cousin, as you'll hear him tell us. I asked him to talk to me more about the neighborhood, one that's known for its vibrancy and its aliveness. Um, I do I do know this area because I, I spent um, I cat I did some cat sitting for someone just just down the street like two summers ago. So so I've I've got it recording now. Um, I'm sitting at the American Kitchen and I'm talking with Hugo. Hi, so I'm Hugo in the American Kitchen and. Um, here to say what I saw actually last week. Yeah, and I think you're gonna, you know, this this neighborhood is so well loved by like you know young like that young dynamic international ethnically mixed crowd. Tell tell us a bit about your neighborhood. I mean, uh, it's a lovely neighborhood. It's kind of beautiful with uh, the hospital here, Hospital Saint Louis. Uh, we used to have last year before the Charlie Charlie. Shelly Heat. I mean, we used to have a beautiful garden. It was, it's a, it's a, an ancient area here, full of bars, restaurants, and uh, lots of young people living and uh, having creative works and jobs. And I mean, everybody, everybody knows everybody. It's a small area, 
you've got the canal. It's on summer days. It's really beautiful and warm. Everybody wants to get, you know, have a, have a drink, get drunk, uh, and uh, enjoy the area. Here it's really lovely. And I mean, it's just, it's awful. We should do little We we used. I mean, when I, I used to go to the Petit Cambodge and uh, Carillon lots of time before, it's just now everything has changed, but uh, I guess it will take some time, but everything will be back to normal. Uh, it's, it's so sad because you're in the sight line, like from here where we're, where we're talking, from your, at your bar, you can actually see the terraces of those, of those two, two restaurants. And um, so you've you've obviously been you know affected more more than most, but but even as we've sat here in the last five minutes, uh, a, a good twenty people have come in to, to, to for lunch. Yeah, yeah, actually, it was it's quiet now, but everybody wants to to, to eat and drink actually. So people come and come by and uh, say hello. Lots of neighbors, close neighbors we know, they come and have a coffee and just talk and uh, so it's still I mean people are still living you know so it's just not the same it will not never be the same again but it's still we're still enjoying a, a close relationship with people and everybody here is welcome so we have I mean our work is to to get people to smile and uh, not just you know we we've, we have a, I'm sorry. Uh, we your, your English is so good. Thank you too for speak, speaking in English because it'll save me from having to do the translation. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, what I wanted to say is we we've been friendly the whole time. It's just now is not a mission. I'm not saying that, but we have to to be friendly still and remain friendly for everybody because everybody needs this kind of relationship uh, so the, the the area yes I love it because uh, my brother used to work at Prune my, my cousin is living uh, Rue Saint-Maur I used to live in Menilmontant I mean uh, I know the whole place here and I really like it so uh, I hope people will will still come by and uh, enjoy it not just you know think at, a, at this place like uh, with some uh, uh, deadly, deadly uh, pictures. So just, I hope, I hope it will fade a little bit. I mean, like New York's Ground Zero. I, yeah. yeah. You know, you, your point, Hugo, that you made about you know being being friendly and and welcoming everyone. I, you know, that's such a, that's such an important that's such an important point. Yeah. You know, to 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 stay open and and friendly towards others in this in the wake of this tragedy yeah yeah yeah, definitely I mean indeed people are they've got still they still got a job they, they still got a life they still got family and friends and children they still got problems uh, in addition to the new problems and new recent problems they get now they're a bit scared everybody's scared it's, you know there is a silent panic inside everybody so what what would be a good uh, a good medication would be to to just go out and have a drink and enjoy not I mean like I would do like I'm doing with my friends and my brother and my family it's just 
I, I, I love to to go. I love to go in a place where everybody is welcome. Feel, you, you can feel welcome. So when I work, I try to to do the same here. That's really wonderful advice, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ta I'm personally gonna take that to heart. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much, Hugo. You're welcome. You're welcome, and I'll see you all uh, around. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Thank you. Next up is my interview with Champagne Bollinger's winemaker, Gilles Decote. He discusses Haute Valeur Environnementale, the certification for environmentally responsible viticulture. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No You're listening to Paris, Good Food and Wine. I'm your host and producer, Paige Donner. All right, so Gilles Decote, the chef de cave, the winemaker and cellar master of Maison Bollinger, so Bollinger, is kind enough to start to explain to us a little bit about something that is welling up here and firmly actually taking root in Champagne and I believe the other, the other wine regions of France as yeah. well, which is the Haute Valeur Environnementale, which is um, a very French and fancy way of saying being extremely environmentally respectful of vineyard management practices. I believe so, but I am going to leave the expert commentary to to Mr. Decote. Um, and so, Jill, uh, can you just even explain the concept to us behind this? Oui, Page. Uh, donc, haute valeur environnementale, uh, c'est un label, une certification, qui nous a intéressé chez Bollinger uh, très rapidement parce qu'on cherchait uh, à trouver une façon de valoriser le travail qu'on faisait déjà depuis euh, plusieurs années euh, dans les vignes. Euh, yes, so Haute Valeur Environmental is a certification that Bollinger was interested in right away because we were looking for a way to highlight the work we were already doing for quite a few years in the vineyards. It was interesting to us to find a certification that was not a private label, meaning certification that we were comfortable with. La haute valeur environnementale a ce premier intérêt de se baser sur un décret. Donc c'est une loi nationale. Euh, et donc, on a the HV is based on a national law, and we have protocols that are standardized, pour, uh, pour so they are the same for everyone all over France. 
Au départ, euh, ça devait concerner euh, essentiellement l'agriculture, mais euh, la viticulture s'est aussi intéressée à ce Travailler très en amont sur ce sur ce sujet afin d'être euh, d'être leader. We participated in this adaption because we here at Bollinger have long worked within the standards of best practices, and we took a leadership role in this new certification method. Un petit vigneron d'Aubonnet nous a précédé, et à ce jour, nous sommes la seule maison de Champagne à avoir ce label. It's what we did because we were the second to receive the certification in Champagne. A smaller vineyard, Eric Rodet, was first. We are still the first champagne house in Champagne Donc, vous ne vous engagez pas seulement à dire que vous allez faire mieux, que vous allez faire autrement, que vous allez faire différemment, mais vous devez prouver par vos résultats que vous faites mieux. The HVE label is interesting to have because, in fact, it doesn't impose best practices in terms of methods, but rather results. Au niveau national. Euh, donc, il euh, y a plusieurs critères pour euh, obtenir ce, cette certification. So one's participation in these standards and best practices are not regulated by what you are doing in the vineyards, but rather by the results you achieve. And these results are compared along with other results on a national level in the realm of viticulture and vineyard management. De l'enherbement, des jachères fleuries, des plantations de haies. So there are a number of criteria that must be met before you can obtain the certification. There are a number of elements that have to do with environment, biodiversity, ground covering, and planting of fruit trees. We even went so far as to install beehives in our state and avenue. Donc ça, ça fait partie de, de tout ce qui, est, ce qui est biodiversité. Et il y a aussi des éléments de mesure de cette biodiversité, c'est-à-dire qu'on fait des comptages, des comptages That's everything that goes into the biodiversity element of the certification. But there's also the part where we have to measure these steps of biodiversification, such as taking inventory of the flora and fauna of our vineyards, counting all the little creatures that permit us to see our terroir, how our vineyards live. Et puis, ce qui est sans doute la partie la plus la plus visible, c'est aussi ce qu'on appelle les IFT, donc les indices de fréquence de traitement. And also, the part that is most visible is the regular treatment score. With this, we must show that we have used less pesticides and herbicides than others in our efforts to control plant health. So it's not just saying you have used less herbicides, it's showing and proving that you've used less. Que par rapport à la moyenne de la Champagne ou par rapport à la moyenne nationale, it's a process of showing that relative to the average vineyard in Champagne and the national average, we have used less chemical and harmful products in our vineyards. We use much less in the case of Bollinger, we are at 75% herbicide-free. It's because of this, the certification is interesting. It obliges us to ask ourselves the question, if it's really necessary, or are we just taking unnecessary precautions? À chaque fois que vous voulez faire quelque chose, de, de savoir si le, le geste que vous allez faire est utile ou si c'est un geste d'assurance. Et si c'est un geste d'assurance, il ne faut pas le faire. There is also the element of water management and fertilization. We use little to no copper. All of this plays a role in the standards of best practices to qualify for the certification, which we received two years ago. Ça fait aussi partie des contraintes du cahier des charges de cette de cette certification que nous avons obtenu il y a deux ans. Wow. Well, 
très impressionnante. <laughs> it's very, it's very impressive, especially to be a leader here in Champagne, where the climate, it, it being so wet and cold, uh, it's not so conducive to some of these practices. And just uh, a little, um, just a little last, very last question. It's a little gimmicky, but I read that you guys are using an electric tractor. At T4E is that's so interesting. Tell us a little, a little bit about your electric tractor. Oui, Pedge, euh, vous avez raison. Euh, alors, ce, cet aspect euh, respect de l'environnement. Yes, in our respect for the environment, we also took steps several years ago now towards reducing our CO2 emissions. So we measured our CO2 emissions, and one of the tracks in which we could improve in order to reduce our carbon footprint was to change some of the ways we worked, such as tractors we were using in some of our vineyards were fueled by gas and diesel and consumed a lot. So that was adding considerably to our carbon footprint et qui consomme beaucoup de, de gasoil, donc euh, automatiquement une empreinte carbone assez, assez importante. And well, we wish to evolve in regards to this aspect of our environment and to reduce our carbon footprint. So we took a look at the electric tractor, which is much less expensive, but it's also a lot less bothersome for the workers because it makes a lot less noise and there's a lot less maintenance involved. Mais c'est beaucoup moins pénible pour les. Also, obviously, the energy aspect of it is a lot less expensive because electricity is much less expensive than fuel. At the end, our carbon footprint was greatly reduced, so it was advantageous for us, especially regarding our emissions output, which will be measured again in 2015. Le futur bilan carbone qu'on va refaire l'année prochaine. Merci beaucoup. Thank you so much, Jill, for all the, that great explanation. Thank you. Thank you, Pedro. But actually, I think we, we really do need to add. That was Kind Cross, ladies and gentlemen, and we want to thank our voiceover artists from the bottom of our hearts. Yay! Yay! The end. The end. Thank you very much. Yay. Thank you very much! <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you. I like to thank all the little people. <laughs> terrar. Terrar. Yeah, terrar, I know. Revolve terrar. Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Paris Good Food and Wine. You can find photos and links related to these stories on our website, Local Food and Wine. You can also listen again on iTunes. If you'd like to make a donation to our show, as we are listener-supported, you can do so by following the Buy Now link on iTunes.
And the show is also brought to you by the support of Paris Food and Wine. Visit us at parisfoodandwine.net. Thanks for joining us for this half hour of Paris Good Food and Wine. Myself, Paige Donner, and the rest of the team look forward to seeing you again here for the next episode of Paris Good Food and Wine. Because it's so, so good.